Bruh, y'all already know what it is, your boy Yako, what it do, the outlet to reality, the oldest podcast in Vegas and Chicago, what up, this is the place where you want to hide from your drama, or maybe hide from your baby mama, <laughs> just kidding, but anyways fans, thank you for staying tuned, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe, Cha-ching! and today we have a very special guest, who is a commercial mortgage broker, a motivational speaker, and a friend who has a passion in helping and bringing Jews closer to Judaism. Give it up for my boy and only, Hemi Wine. Thank you, thank you. It's an honor to be on, Yaakov. I, uh, I know it took a while to get here, but I'm happy that it's finally happening. Appreciate it, brother. Oh, man, thank you, man. I, I, I got kind of sad, bro. I'm going to be honest. I was like, man, I've been waiting to get my boy on. And I know he's always flying and, and cruising in the street. I, I never see my boys. So I, I got kind of sad. You know, I was sweating, losing hair, but it's okay. <laughs> you got plenty. You Thank got plenty you. that all the rest of us are envious of. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'm good at creating the illusion that I'm busier than I actually am, all right? Don't take it personally. <laughs> oh, man, I love it, brother. Well, look, I, I, I do want to share this to our fans and everyone. So I met Hemi um, last year for Purim. We're about to hit our one-year anniversary knowing each other. It was like a big hookah event, beautiful. And I loved it because I met a lot of people from Young Israel, uh, from the show in Vegas, beautiful place. And it really got me connected to other Jews, and I was very happy. And one of my memorable memory I have with you is uh, your mom actually invited me over for Shabbat. And you text me uh, to see if I was really going to come still. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll come. And I remember it like yesterday, going to your house, you know, sitting down. You were across from me. And your dad said the most powerful words I'll never forget. It ch probably changed my life. Three, three powerful words, I'm going to say. He said... Wow. Oh, <laughs> he said, man, guys, if you guys don't know, Cove just had me on his podcast. It's a it's amazing thing. Y'all got to check it out. That was already ready. The second one blew my mind. He said, guys, I'm going to be honest, but David is the first Mexican Guatemalan Jew to ever be in my Shabbat dinner. I, I was like, it's an honor. Rabbi, it's an honor. And we start laughing. We took a shot, and the part that moved me the most. So, for those who don't know, I didn't grow up with a father. Um, Rabbi Wine, you know, there's a prayer we say um, in Hebrew for Shabbat where we say Kephraim in Manasseh, um, and and basically in English, it's like to bless our kids uh, to be like Manasseh and Ephraim, right? And you know, Rabbi Wine blessed Chemi. His other brother, uh, his brother, Hemi's brother, he blessed his sons. And then he came to me and did the same blessing to me, knowing that I did not, I never told him I didn't grow up with my father. But for him to do the blessing for me, I, I felt like it for me was like I, I almost broke down as a, as a, even though I'm, I'm you know, I'm 30, because I've always wished my father could do that prayer for me that's how powerful it meant for me so that was my favorite line that rabbi did rabbi wine who i had on the podcast but um 
I just had to share that, uh, you know, that quick little story. But uh, Hemi, please awesome. tell me your thoughts about it and your your experience your, and your even your impression when you first met me too. Please spill the beans, just not the cream, just not the cream. <laughs> I'll hold a little bit back. Our audience doesn't even know everything, you know what I'm saying? But uh, no, that's really cool. I think that's awesome that uh, that was the most impactful takeaway that you had from our Shabbos dinner. Um, you know, over the years, obviously, we've had thousands and thousands of people come through and you never know the point that's going to be truly impactful for that one individual it might be different one to the next. Um, you know, so, I mean, when we met, I mean, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was uh, about going about a year back now, Purim time. And, uh, you know, a new Jewish face is always a pleasure. And uh, we connected by that Purim party. And then you came to Young Israel Aish for uh, the Purim meal about a couple couple days later. We had a big barbecue. You have 200 people in the room. There's DJ going on. Everyone's drinking L'chaims, eating food. Everyone's dressed up. Great vibes all around. And, you know, something that's even more pleasurable to me, aside, in addition to meeting a new face, is uh, being able to integrate someone into the community. And, uh, you know, throughout the party, seeing you sit down and, you know, chatting with this guy and connecting with that person, connecting with that person. To me, I mean... That tops it off. I mean, it's great if uh, somebody's able to, you're able to build, cultivate a new relationship, a new friendship. But when they could feel comfortable around your friends and feel like they're part of the community, I mean, that's just awesome. And then having you for Shabbos was really great. And to hear about your unique experience growing up in uh, in Chi Town and uh, your whole background, your whole story, and everything, and with your mom, I thought was uh, just uh, really neat. And, and that, that's coming from someone who, you know grew up in a open home, so to speak. You know, I grew up from the time I was really little, three years old. We always had tons of Shabbos guests at my house. Um, Jews from all different walks of life, different affiliations. Um, you know, when, when, when I grew up, when my parents moved here in 1995, so I was just turning three years old when my dad started the uh, Young Israel community here. The only other Orthodox Jews in town was uh, Rabbi Harlig. And uh, outside of his boys, Mati and Levi, um, who are about a year older than me. I mean, I was like the only Orthodox kid in the state of Nevada. So uh, I grew up with uh, just tons of Jews from all different affiliations uh, coming to our house Friday night for Shabbos dinner and, you know, having friendships with uh, people from all different levels of observance background. Uh, for me, just growing up in that environment of it's a judgment-free zone. I have no clue if I would have grown up in your circumstances, what I'd look like today. I probably wouldn't look much different than you. And uh, just knowing that the common bond, the common denominator between us is that we're Jewish brothers. Um, it makes it really easy to really just connect and, you know, kind of like have that love, have that natural friendship when you meet a new face. And it's been great over the first year having you over for Shabbos and then connecting with you at various events inside the shul, outside the shul. And uh, it's a pleasure to finally be on. And I know that you demanded that when I come onto the podcast, I wear the red velvet jacket. I was not going to disappoint. I was feeling a blue jacket. I was feeling a black one. And I said, no, we're going red for Yaakov. This is what he demanded. This is what we're going to deliver. Yes, that's what I wanted. <laughs> it's oh, all man. worth it for the jacket, baby. I love it, man. I'm telling you, my brother got class. He got class. And, and I got to say, brother, you know, it's it's amazing story. You know, um, hearing that your family came from Canada, um, I, I got to say, how was it, was it challenging, you know, being an Orthodox family growing up, you know, in your childhood? And um, did you ever get tempted, maybe breaking culture? You know, it's it's very hard when 
if 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 you if you were growing up in the um orthodox family there's not a lot of kosher restaurants i bet so it's got to be a challenging like and it's okay to be honest like if you broke it a few yeah. times i won't i won't get mad i'll just say just share a slice of pizza you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. no i got you man i mean listen it's it's an it's a fabulous question it's a fantastic question um you know it's a little, little different when you're a kid uh you know obviously you know i, I think what some might have perceived as a challenge, you know, the fact that when I'm in elementary school, you know, I'm the only kid who's, you know, Orthodox and I'm the son of the rabbi. So they kind of like put you on this pedestal of this is the example of what it means to be like an Orthodox Jew. And it's like, hey, Chemi, come to the front of the class, show everyone your tzitzit, show everyone how to do the bracha. And, uh, you know, when there were birthday parties, you know, the parents were super accommodating on a Sunday go to a sleepover. You have 12, 15 kids in the class. We go out to a uh, treasure Island and it's like, Hey, they're all eating, uh, you know, chicken fingers or, you know, cheeseburgers, whatever it is. And it's like, you know, as a kid, like you're just not going to eat it. You know, maybe they bring in some kosher food, maybe they don't. And um, in a certain sense, I think the advantage of growing up in an environment where the people you're really close with don't necessarily share the same observance, uh, you know, standards so to speak it kind of makes you even more firm more secure in your own set of values in your own beliefs because you understand that you're in an environment where the circumstances around you aren't catering necessarily to the way that you're living in your home so when you choose to do it regardless nonetheless it reaffirms whether consciously or subconsciously that this is integral that this is important to me and then it gives you the opportunity just to be a shining example of you could be orthodox and you could be happy. You could have a meaningful life. You could be energetic. You could be a person that people want to spend time with, that people want to be around. And when you go ahead and you break down those barriers and say, listen, it's irrelevant. You know, some of my closest, closest friends, people that I literally would lay down and do anything for, they're not observant at all. And it really comes down to the character. So number one is what's the character of the individual that's going to determine the friendship. Is it possible that maybe we have different standards when it comes to observance, Shabbat, kosher, this and that? Sure. Absolutely. And I, I don't think that a person should say, oh, I'm not going to necessarily share in your social circles because, you know, you have a different set of values from that standpoint. At the end of the day, like I mentioned before, had I grown up in that circumstance, like that person, I'd probably look different just as they'd probably look different if they grew up in my set of circumstances. But I think growing up in that environment where I was one of the only Orthodox kids, it kind of like reaffirmed to me the significance, the importance, and what was special about the fact that I lived this type of lifestyle. That's deep. That's deep. I, I like that you you really got me thinking about principles and values. So for me, right, um, when I go on a date, I make sure that I don't go out on a Friday. Because Friday Shabbat is special. And if I let it slide, right, and I go out with the girl on Friday, Friday night, it shows that I'm not really serious about my my principles. Because Shabbat is got to be first. It's got to be important, special. And I, I have to, and I had to rearrange my schedule. I'd be like, look, Friday, oh. you want to do my, let's do the date. But Let's change it to Sunday. It's a little better. I'm I'm afraid now. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and I think it's no. Important. It's amazing, right? And that, that's and that's your Shabbos. That's your Shabbat. 
So it's like the fact that you're willing to say, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, you know, that Friday night is Shabbat night. So dates don't happen on Friday night. I mean, that's incredible. And one of the things like my dad always emphasizes to people is that one of the biggest misconceptions in Judaism is that it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. And it's just not true. And, and there's so many examples of that in the Torah. But, you know, if a person says, you know, if they're growing in their Judaism and they say, listen, I know this is true. I'm just not at the level or at the point where I'm ready to commit to the whole thing, so to speak. But to understand that each and every level and each and every step of spiritual growth, of spiritual advancement, advancement is so special and significant in God's eyes. It's like, you know, I tell people the idea of it's all or nothing. It's so foolish. Imagine you're you're walking on the street and you see there's a hundred dollars there, and you realize if I bend down to pick it up, I'm only going to be able to grab twenty dollars because by the time I get to the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth bill, it's all going to fly away. So I'm not going to pick up anything. What are you crazy? You can pick up twenty dollars. You're not going to pick up twenty dollars just because you can't get a hundred dollars. What are you nuts? Pick up whatever you can. So it's like uh, my dad also says Friday night. You know, there's a mitzvah, there's a there's a mitzvah, one of the big ten, one of the ten, the fourth one, to remember the Sabbath. So how do you do that? You do that by acknowledging that it's Shabbos, by saying good Shabbos. Yeah, it happens to be now the rabbi said that we do it over something significant. So we do it over a glass of wine. So my dad always tells the story how he met with someone on Friday, a Jewish guy. He said, Hey, what are you doing tonight? Coming to shul? You coming to Shabbat dinner? He's like, nah, I'm going to a nightclub. Like, okay, you gonna be hanging out with some Jews there? Sure. Okay, are you guys going to be drinking? Yeah, probably. There's a bar there. All right, Friday night in the nightclub, not necessarily at shul, not necessarily at a Shabbat dinner. You're in a place where a lot of people might say, hey, this isn't the most ideal way to spend your Friday night. But you know what? You know what you could do? You could raise your glass of alcohol to the rest of the Jews and say, good Shabbos, everybody. And you know what? You fulfilled the mitzvah. You fulfilled the commandment of remembering that it's Shabbos by saying good Shabbos in a nightclub. In certain ways, you elevated the spiritual essence of that nightclub. Who else is doing that other than you? So it's like, don't diminish or take away from the significance of doing even a little bit. And that's one of the things I think that people, they tend to say, oh, I'm not doing the whole thing, so I'm not going to do anything. No. Each and every little bit is so special and unique. And it's like, I think also that's one of the things that growing up in Las Vegas in kind of like an outreach environment really became really like, really, really became ingrained in me to recognize the significance of every little step that a person could make in the right direction. Wow. That's, that's really dope. I've never heard that concept before. You just made me want to go out to the nightclub tonight. That's kidding. I know. Let's go to the nightclub. <laughs> Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Right. You know what I'm but man, that's that's amazing. I, I, I you really got me thinking. And, and also we, we learned to that. Gemara talks about um, resting, right? That some people think on Shabbat you um, that you're not supposed to do, which is to sleep all day in Shabbat, um, and that's a, a misconception that many many people who who haven't read, right? And, and it's more about you know leaving, of course, being away technology, um, reading Torah, uh, davening. Uh, having that family time too, because you gotta. This is the time to spend every moment and be grateful for everything around, right? Hashem rested. I mean, I could be wrong, Hemi, but that—that's what I was taught when I was young. Because then yeah. you're missing out. 
Shabbat, right? Am I right or wrong? Right. I don't know. So, no, I, I, th I think you're on the money. So, you know, God created the world for six days. He rested on the seventh. Now, what, what does it mean God rested, right? God got tired. You're like, oh, you know, and, oh, it's too tough. Six days of work. I really need a break. God doesn't get tired. What it means that he rested is that he saw that everything in his creation was good. He created the essence of now what the world can achieve in its potential. What the seventh day, what Shabbos is all about, it's recognizing that God created the world and God runs the world. And resting means to go ahead and take in and appreciate the significance of the world of what Hashem has given us. So it's like if you notice, I don't know if you recall, but we came to our house for Friday night, we have a tradition at the wine household on Friday night. Everyone goes around and says the highlights of their week. Why? Because Shabbos is a time where a person should take in and appreciate the blessings that they had. So granted, if a person sleeps the entire Shabbos, technically, did they break Shabbos? They didn't break Shabbos. But did they uphold Shabbos to the standard of what the spirit of Shabbos should be about? On Shabbos, you should find a way to improve yourself this Shabbos more than where you were last Shabbos. And you should come out of a Shabbos feeling like a bigger Jew, a bigger person than where you were Friday afternoon when Shabbos began. So you could do that by learning. You do that by coming to shul. You do that by spending time with other Jews, having Shabbat dinner. There's a lot of ways to do it. But yeah, if you sleep through the whole thing, technically you didn't uh, you didn't break Shabbos, but how could Ron really say that they're a better Jew today coming out of a Shabbos than they were going into a Shabbos if they were just like off the entire time, just sleeping, just snoozing? So probably better to get out a little bit, come hang out at a kiddush, come to shul a little bit, you know, hang out with some Jews, have a good time, have a l'chaim. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think that's true. You you can't... Um... I love that concept of improving every Shabbat, right? You want to do something different, uh, whether it may be studying Gemara. I, I thought that's genius. I, I really love that. Now, Hemi, I, I got to ask you. So I know you and your father have been involved in this uh, outreach program for wealth and Torah, where you guys meet up at the Queen Ridge. And for the first time, I, I got to be honest, so I've been two of them already um and the second one hands down was my favorite um i love that yeah. we had two guest speakers uh al and I, I forgot the other guy's name and and then you were on the podium with a microphone and you were asking questions to both of them which was amazing because it felt like we're engaged and we were all learning together which was amazing. I don't know if you came up with that idea. I got to give you props, but uh, you 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 definitely uh, sure. shocked me. Brother. On. It was my idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the credit. It's all good. Yeah, no, thank God. I think um, that Q and A factor, I think, really enhanced the entire pro program. And um, you know, the journey to wealth. It was our third program, I believe. The first time we did it, close to a year ago, we had thirty-five attendees. Then we had 75. Then we had close to 100, this last one. And um, it's really cool because Journey to Wealth, you know, it's about bringing together Jews from all different affiliations, all different demographics, so to speak, bring them together in one room. And the common denominator is obviously business, wealth management, wealth advancement, career growth, advice, insight. Um and I think it's one of the beautiful things about Judaism is that there's such an emphasis on community. 
And I tell people, I'm like, if you're not involved in the Jewish community, and on the most basic level, that means you know, showing up to shul once in a while, showing up to shul even for just a half hour Shabbat day. When you put yourself in a room with 150 other Jews where everyone's doing different stuff throughout the week, different career paths, you know, they're, they're, everyone's doing something different. That's the most ideal setting for networking to figure out who is it that specializes in that field? Who is it that specializes in that field? And if I ever, ever have a question or I need to be pointed in the direction or assist someone and point them in the direction to somebody who might be able to help them with their own career, you know, being involved in the community, you know, that's the best. So the journey to wealth program, which we're going to try to do once a quarter is really just cool because regardless of your observance level, you could be super religious, super not religious. You could be 25, you could be 45. You're going to get value out of it. First of all, there's always value when you get in a room with a bunch of other Jews. It's just the nature of things. And you're going to get value because we try to pack it with speakers that are going to be informative, that have life experience. And uh, thank you very much for giving credit to the Q&A that we set up before. I thought that was just a really cool factor where we were able to kind of keep it a controlled environment with controlled questions that, you know, it's... It's tough when you have a room filled with different people in different uh, age, uh, different age brackets, and doing different things in their career. How do you have questions which are going to be applicable and insightful across the spectrum? So I tried to split it up. I had seven or eight questions lined up, and uh, thank God I got a lot of p- positive feedback. And hopefully we can continue that. We have a lot of really cool ideas for future events, future programs. Um, I think maybe you could be a possible candidate to get up there. I know you like sitting behind the mic. I don't know if it's just one-on-one, maybe you like doing in front of a group of a hundred people, but uh, we could figure out a slot for you to bring some value. And uh, you know, that that's what it's all about. Bring value to people, bring value to people and uh, having people walk away inspired. I love it, brother. The day you tell me to come and, and to share even the small two, five minute story, I can make it short I'm more happy to go up in the podium. I It would be an honor. The podcast would be the best thing, you know, how to start a podcast. They're Love like, it. Beautiful. You know what I'm saying? That's how awesome. To, how to get different rabbis involved, how to get people connected and share um, their, what does Judaism mean to them, you know, and, you know, and how this started, because I know it could be scary, frustrating if you have a lot of ideas, but you don't know how to put it into work, you know, that's. Yeah. That could be tricky. But yeah, brother, I'm open. I, I'm so glad. That's that's awesome. I do got to share one little story. Real short, and, and I'll make it real, like, not specific. But So, Kemi, my brother Kemi was right there, man. And, and I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of pretty pretty girls there. I, I ain't going to lie. Your, your boy was looking fly that day. I don't know what he was wearing. But I was looking fly. And Kemi goes. You look uh, pretty fresh. I, I, I remember. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> You're looking pretty fresh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I was like, man, this girl, she looks really cute. And I want to go talk to her. And Kemi's so smart. You know, I, I got to be honest. My boy was protecting me. But I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. He's like, brother, I, I don't I think. I got your back. Yeah, yeah, thank you. No, I know. I know. This is true. I was, he's like, brother, I don't think she's for you. I think, I think, uh, don't worry. I'm going to find you somebody special. Uh, who's 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 gonna be very you know uh, you know connected you know and uh, uh, I don't think this is for you and so and I know it was positive feedback and you know me I'm like <laughs> you know so I went I still try to you know um, 
basically, you know, see if if there could be something going. Maybe, maybe there's an interest, maybe, and nothing. And and I, I could tell, even though my boy Hemi said, I think you were in love, but I don't think I it, it just wasn't for me. And it wasn't, and it, it didn't work out, right? It didn't work out. Um, I got rejected pretty much, but it was just so funny when we were outside and Hemi was laughing. He's like, bro, you sound like you're in love, man. Like everything you're describing, you're like in love. And I'm like, bro, um, but I'm just kind of disappointed. It, it didn't like, like it wasn't for me and I should have listened to you. And, and Hemi was so funny. He was just like, bro, don't worry about it. There'll be more opportunities. You're still young. And it, and it's funny because you know as a guy right I'm gonna be honest as a guy, um, we have a lot of dreams and expectations. What we find in a woman, um, like for me personally, I, I want somebody that can help me grow, not only spiritually, but like mentally, emotionally, whatever it may be. And I feel like, um, you know, this is the time, but at the same time, I have to be ready for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, what do they say? They say, envision the person you want and then try to figure out, are you right now in your current state? Are you the person that you believe that that person that you would want would want? Because oftentimes people want a certain type of person. Well, think about it. Are you right now, in terms of your character development, your maturity, your personality, your physicality, whatever it might be, are you the person that the quality of individual that you want, that they would want you? So it's like, it's it, it's, it takes a certain level of self-awareness and introspection that sometimes like, we have certain perception, aspirations of what type of individual we want that would help us that would be a great partner and help us be the best versions of ourselves in this world and then it's like well am i the person right now that that person would want if i'm not then i first got to work on the self-improvement you know factor in order to and who knows maybe i'll i'll work on that and i'll overshoot and i'll become even better and then maybe that's not necessarily the right fit for me you know it's happened for me as well when i was 22 23 24 I mean, I'll tell you, when I was dating 23, 24, there was someone who I was kind of like infatuated about for a while. And then thank God, after like a year, Hashem, God just popped into my brain. I woke up one morning. I'm like, wow, this person would not be good for me. Like, I, I honestly would not be able to be the best version of Chemi Wine and bring to the world what I know I was put here for if I was married to a person. And immediately, like the infatuation the obsession, like it, it went away. And that was a gift from Hashem. Sometimes you just need God to like plant that in your brain because we're not going to figure it out ourselves. So we need a little divine assistance, but you know, listen, it's, uh, it's not so simple. You got, you got to get a rabbi. I'm your homeboy, but I'm not your rabbi. You got to, you got to find a rabbi to chat with about the dating stuff, you know, oh, the rabbi man. of love. I love rabbi that. love. <laughs> I want to meet him. <laughs> See, I want to meet him. But <laughs> But I, I got to say, brother, you know, it, it's so nice how, you know, still like as a brother, you you were looking for the best for me. You know what I'm saying? 
And I, I always look at that as like um there's a story, actually there's a pasuk um that says don't put a stone in front of a blind person, a stumbling block in front of a blind in front person. Of a blind person, yeah. Now people may take it literally, right? Literally, it's like saying just don't make them trip. But the it, when you study it, right, what it's trying to say between the lines is don't give bad advice. And you were giving good advice. Exactly. You 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 wanted what was best for your homeboy. So you're like, brother, I know you're in love, but I I, I gotta I gotta yeah. yeah. Just listen to me. And it's so funny because I look back and I was like, damn, my boy was really looking now. I, I was just being a little ignorant. I was like, nah, nah, I gotta keep the I gotta I gotta do my thing. I gotta do my yeah. thing. <laughs> and by the way, I, I, unfortunately, I got to the point where I have enough respect for you to tell you that, only because I saw over the years friends of mine that were dating people who just weren't good for them. But as a friend, you know. You want to say it's not really my business. I'm not really going to like advise you or tell you what to do. And it's like you look back over time. It's like, you know what? With that friend, maybe if I would have said, listen, this person's not the best person for you. You know, things would be a little different. Things would be better for them. So I, I kind of like learned the hard way to have enough respect for my friends to be willing to do the painful thing, which says step out of your comfort zone and tell them. This might not be the best thing for you, regardless of what the repercussions are going to be, regardless of if Yaakov's going to turn around and say, Chemi, what the heck are you talking about? What are you telling me what to do? I like this person. What's it any of your business? You know what? It's worth it. That reaction is worth it for the, the chance that you're going to save someone from doing the thing that in hindsight and retrospect is going to end up being bad for them. Wow. I love that. I love that. It, there's a quote that you made me think of. Um, it says, friends tell you what you want to hear, but best friends tell you what you need to hear. And that's literally what, yeah. what my brother did. I, I got to give you props, brother. You know? Yeah. You know <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, brother. Um, let me let me it's like Zoom's about to kick me out. Uh, guys, this is the outlet to reality. This podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Cha-ching! know where to find me. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, the outlet to reality. My Snapchat is take one, pass it. And my TikTok is at Yaakov28. And Chemi, where can my fans find you? If you swing by Young Israel, Asia, Las Vegas, Shabbat Day, you'll find me. You'll find me by the L'Chaim section. I'll have some high-quality whiskey, some high-quality scotch or bourbon in my hand. In my left... I'll have a bottle of good quality vodka or tequila on the right. I'll be shaking hands, giving people hugs, and uh, would be great to have you. Uh, look me up on Facebook. I might come up as Michael Wine. There's this guy, Michael Wine, out there. Looks just like me. My English name, my middle name. So when I go by work and commercial mortgage brokerage and on Facebook, social media, that's who it is. But it's still Chemi. Same old Chemi Wine. Don't worry. Same guy. And reach out. And uh, looking forward to connecting with you. A friend of Yakov's is a friend of mine.